When at first you shake the bottle, first done will come, and then a lottle. Wow. Oh, that's great. Where I, where did you learn that? Have you never heard that? <laughs> that's a classic in my family. Oh, you don't have to do that because it's it's not a movie. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Not Yet a Doctor, the podcast where we deal with quarantine by chatting about all of our different science topics. My name is Alistair and I'm an analytical chemistry student at Queen's University. I did my undergraduate research in uh, the toxic elements that are in breads and that transitioned into this PhD, which I'm now working on toxic elements in soils. And my name is Sienna. I'm a neuroscientist at McGill University doing a PhD. My name is Beth and I am a particle physics student at Sapienza University of Rome. And we are the PhD three. To be. <laughs> so should we just jump right into what I'm going to talk about today? I think you should get us started, Alistair. Okay, so my topic today doesn't really tie into my thesis on soil. It kind of does. It will. We'll we'll throw in some dirt in there because I have to. Um, I'm contractually bound by my PhD to talk about dirt at least once in a conversation. <laughs> but yeah, today I'm going to be talking to you guys about non-Newtonian fluids. So I I wanted to ask off the bat, what do you guys know about non-Newtonian fluids? Can I start? Because I feel like I know the least. So this is probably going to be the funniest. Yeah. Um, I assume... <laughs> I don't know much about fluids at all, uh, but I assume non-Newtonian fluids don't behave by the rules that fluids do. So, for instance, ants are a non-Newtonian fluid. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Ants? Ants in a colony, when you, they will flow, but when you hit them, they're hard. Or when they hit the ground, they're hard. It's very strange. I remember seeing, like, a Facebook video on this. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no, so... um... That's a very good... You, you kind of hit the definition on the head. Yes! <laughs> Take that, chemistry and physics. <laughs> you hit the definition on the head. <laughs> you also hit the ants on the head, but never mind yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so a non-Newtonian fluid is a fluid that doesn't behave as Newton said it would. But maybe, Beth, do you, do you have an idea of what Newton said about fluids? Not very much, but when you say non-Newtonian fluids, I start thinking of corn flour and water. Yeah. And also quicksand. Yep. And like, if you make sudden impacts, then it goes solid. And if you go slowly, then it's a fluid. Totally. So that's that's exactly like perfect examples of non-Newtonian fluids. Um, I bet the ants love the corn flour and water. <laughs> <laughs> if you put put the ants in corn flour and water, it might be a super non-Newtonian fluid. Yeah, what's that then? What happens if you put two non-Newtonian fluids together? Do they become yeah? Do they become a super non-Newtonian, or do they suddenly become a a non-Newtonian, or do they annihilate and just create energy, or do they just start taking it back to their nest? <laughs> I think that that perfectly sums it up here. We've got Beth talking about the annihilation of two like negative and positive particles. We've got Sienna talking about ants going back to their nest, and then there's me just trying to bring it back to chemistry. This is great. This is good. <laughs> so, 
you guys are definitely totally right. Non-Newtonian fluids don't behave like Newton said. Specifically, it ta- we talk about the viscosity of non-Newtonian fluids. And so viscosity is how a fluid um, deforms or basically how runny it is, but like it deforms with shear or tensile stresses. So like when you pull it, when you hit it, when you're pushing against it. So yeah, this is getting into like very physical chemistry, but it's like almost, it's almost physics. It's almost physics, but basically- Beth is encouraging you to go further to physics. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah! (laughs) So viscosity is determined by the shear rate, which you can picture like you have a fluid and then there's like two plates and there's the fluid between these two plates, like a little sandwich. And one of the plates is stationary and the other one is moving. And the fluid moves in between those two plates. And that is the shear rate at the velocity of the top plate. And so it's the velocity in meters per second over the distance between the plates. So how much, how big your sandwich is. Um, and that gives you the shear rate, which is in units of inverse seconds. Sounds awful. So that's deep dive number one into, uh, yeah, shear rates of viscosity. I like it. I like yeah. it. I probably, so I should, probably should have also said that, like, um, fluids are anything that flow. So gases are also fluids because you can technically, like, pour gases out of one container into another and it'll flow. Um, but f- gases tend to have a very low viscosity. The thing about um, gases and liquids, gases have no defined size or shape, whereas liquids have a defined size. So Newtonian fluids, when we talk about, because if we're going to talk about non-Newtonian fluids, we have to talk about Newtonian fluids. And so viscosity linearly changes with these stresses. So the more that you like push on water, the more it will um, react in a linear fashion. So you give it a little flick, it'll move a little bit. You give it a big push, it'll put, it'll move a lot. Um, but non-Newtonian fluids don't behave linearly. And so either they have more, have a higher viscosity at higher tensile stresses or a lower viscosity at higher tensile stresses. And so we'll talk about the different behaviors of non-Newtonian fluids in a minute. But yeah, I think that's really cool that non-Newtonian fluids deviate from linearity. It's kind of like everything in life, right? Nothing's perfect. You always have normal things and non-normal things. This is just the way. Yeah. Couldn't have normal without non-normal. Exactly. And so the really interesting thing is that there's a whole field of science dedicated to discovering and studying non-Newtonian fluids because um, fluid mechanics, which is like a subset of a subset of a subset of part of chemistry... Um, fluid mechanics can't accurately describe non-Newtonian fluids because they behave like a solid and a liquid interchangeably, depending on conditions. So there's a study called rheology, and that is the study of flowing matter, which includes these solid-like properties of non-Newtonian fluids. And how do you spell that? R-H-E-O-L-O-G-Y, rheology. Hmm. Yeah. It, it literally translates to flowing like the study of flowing things. Ology being the study of and then re coming from flowing. I don't know. I don't really speak Greek. <laughs> None um, of us are in linguistics, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we need a linguistics major in here too to yeah. check our... Phone uh... a friend. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, there's four major classes of the way that non-Newtonian fluids behave. Um, so there's shear thickening, shear thinning, 
Reopectic, and Thixotropic. <laughs> yeah. These are a lot of new words. <laughs> I know, isn't this great? I had just one category in mind. I was like, non-Newtonian fluids, cornflower, quicksand, done. <laughs> That's what I thought too before I started all of this research. And then I found out like things can get more liquid the more that you hit them and things can get them more solid the more you hit them and you know it, it depends on time and i just i fell down a rabbit hole and i'm so excited to share all of this with you because there's some really okay, interesting so there's interesting like debates in the sheer thinning community about like Ooh. anyway I we'll get into it it's super argument. exciting <laughs> um i should say little asterisks technically there's six um we'll talk about the fifth one at the end it's called a bingham plastic and it's kind of like a little subset we'll get to that in a second in a bit and um viscoelastic materials um are kind of non-Newtonian fluids they're they're materials that exhibit both viscous and elastic mm. properties so we're talking about viscosity with non-Newtonian fluids but there's the elasticity of so a, would this be a like solid. melted caramel and so <laughs> No, Can melted caramel. Melted caramel is a <gasps> non-Newtonian fluid. I found another um, one. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you found the most tasty one. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of tasty non-Newtonian fluids, and and we will get to them. Most of them are sheer thickening, but I digress. Viscoelastic materials are um, really synthetic materials, like polymers and stuff, that have these elastic properties and stuff, and they're technically non-Newtonian fluids, but we're not really going to talk about them. So, topic the first. Sheer thickening materials. Our favorite. Yes. So this is where viscosity increases with the increased amount of shear strain. So the more force you push on it, put on it, the more force you put on it, the higher the viscosity gets. Like the ants. Wait, no, higher, yes. Yes, like the ants. The ants are a, a very unique example. Yeah. So shear thickening is probably one that we're all very familiar with. Um, an example is cornstarch or corn flour and water. Um, and saturated sand, like quicksand. So when you when you push on cornstarch and water, it feels like a solid, but then you put it in your hand and it oozes around and, and drips out. This is really interesting, and we'll get into an actual science paper about cornstarch and water, because there I'll give you, I'm gonna give you a little definition for why this happens, and then I'm gonna tell you that it's not exactly as easy and cut and dry as I said so. But we'll get to the, the controversy in a minute. So this non-Newtonian fluid happens with cornstarch and water because it's what's called a colloid. Are you familiar with colloids? It sounds like a medical term and we're not a medical podcast, so... <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. No, no medical terms in this, this podcast. So a, a colloid is a suspension of microscopic insoluble particles in anything. So you can have, like, cells can be suspended and it can be a colloid, or you can have, like, nanoparticles, or in this case, the cornstarch molecules are suspended in water. So it's not actually a chemical change, it's just a physical change. So when you're mixing cornstarch and water, if you don't do a good job of it, you get all of these very large balls, blobs of cornstarch that haven't mixed in with the water. So are colloids just the very, very small form of that? 100%. Like yep. when, you, when you think you've mixed the cornstarch and water and you're like, oh, it dissolved, I'm so good at mixing, it actually just has gotten a lot smaller. Now you can't see your failures. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they're failures, but yeah, I mean it's. Uh, You've succeeded it's... in mixing them small enough so that you think it's mixed, but really it's still sitting there in the water. Like, I don't like this. Get me out of here. Can I add my question to Sienna's? 
My my question is, what's the difference between a suspension and a solution? Ooh, good question. Okay. You're really testing my chemistry knowledge here. I, I should preface this with I'm not a doctor. So, um, <laughs> so the interesting thing about cornstarch and water, to answer your question, Sienna, is that if you leave it, if you make this non-Newtonian fluid and then you leave it, it will separate back out and you will get cornstarch and the water separated. To answer your question, Beth, the difference between a suspension and a solution is that in a suspension, the particles are insoluble. So they are not actually um, dissolved in the water, if we're using water as an example. Whereas a solution, like let's say a salt solution, you have sodium chloride, which is a solid. You've got your sodium, I'm doing this visually and this is a podcast. So you've got your sodium atom and your chloride atom, they're bound together. And they are happy to be in that solid lattice structure as salt. You pour the salt into water, the water actually gets in there and breaks apart the sodium and the chlorine, chlorine and they become ions in solution. So that's a solution is you can't, you can let that sit for as long as you want and the sodium and chloride will not recombine because they're separated by the water molecules. A suspension is the starch, the cornstarch molecule is surrounded by water, but it's not broken apart. So eventually it can agglomerate or like recombine with other starch molecules and form a solid and fall out. Wow, great explanation. I know so much more about my cell suspensions now. This is, I'm just picturing cells, but. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, cells are totally an example and um, it's used in some of the papers I was reading. Oh, no way. They talk about like cell suspensions. So yeah, my, yeah. My field, here so we are. <laughs> it, all, it, all, it all comes back around. To ants. It really does. Okay. To ants. It all comes back to ants. Um, so coming back to this non-Newtonian fluid that we've made, this cornstarch and water, the reason that it gets solid when you when you apply stress to it is that you have this colloid suspension, you have this colloid, and what I read is that it transitions to a state of flocation. Now, this is a word that I did not know before researching this. Flocation, F-L-O-C-C-O, I said it wrong. Flocculation. It's even better. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of those terms that definitely doesn't seem real and definitely doesn't seem safe for work. Yes, no, flocculation. You can talk about it at work now because what it is is it's when a colloid comes out in flakes in suspension. So it's just like you can induce this with chemicals and they like form flakes and, and kind of it's different than precipitation, but you can kind of think of it like precipitation. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it's a colloid coming out of suspension. And can you just tell us what precipitation is again? So precipitation is the formation of a solid from a solution. And so that's why it's different is we're not dealing with a solution, we're dealing with a colloid. One of the explanations for why cornstarch and water is a solid when you hit it is because when you make the suspension, the molecules are of cornstarch are floating around, separated by van der Waals forces. So if you remember from first year chemistry, there are some intermolecular forces uh, one of them is van der Waals forces, which is just the repulsive forces between two molecules. And so under no stress, this is what dominates the suspension. This is the force that uh, matters. But then when the shear stress gets too high, the force pushes the particles together and it overcomes this repulsive force, this van der Waals force. And the particle-particle interactions start dictating them and it takes them out of their equilibrium positions and gives them a higher viscosity. And this could be due to friction, it could be due to 
um, water being squeezed out, but basically when you push on it, you're pushing so much that it collapses those van der Waals interactions and changes the substance instantly into a different equilibrium state. Basically, when you push something hard enough, it squishes them together and they kind of realign into a more viscous solid, basically. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. This is using stuff that I haven't thought about in, like, seven years. Fair enough. I mean, I think about Van der Waals forces daily. <laughs> Such is the life of a chemist, I guess. Okay. So, uh, phenomenon the second in non-Newtonian fluids. Sheer thinning. This one's really interesting, because it's basically the opposite of a sheer thickening. What is an example of a sheer thinning? <laughs> sheer thinning <laughs> substance. Do you, are there any that we would know of? Oh, there are there are many that we would know of because a sheer so a, a sheer thinning non-Newtonian fluid um, is where the viscosity decreases with the amount of shear strain. So the more you push on it, it becomes more liquid. That's nice. Yeah. So an example is ketchup. Huh. So Oh, is that why when you this, shake it? it oh. Yes, I was waiting for that. That is so odd. <laughs> yeah, it, it it kind of goes against what you would think, but ketchup is quite like solid in the bottle. But the more you shake it, the more liquid it becomes. That's why people have so much trouble getting ketchup out, especially those old glass ketchup bottles, because they're like shaking it, shaking it, shaking it, shaking it, and nothing. It's not not coming out, and then all of a sudden it, it transitions yeah. to that liquid state and just flows right out of the bottle. Oh my god. If we had known about non-Newtonian fluids when we designed ketchup bottles, we might have not encountered this problem. I know, I know. If only, if only we Think had... Think of all the ketchup about... that could have been saved. Yeah, honestly. I know. Hundreds of thousands of tomatoes. That's what it is, I remembered it. When at first you shake the bottle, first none will come, and then a lot will. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Sorry, can you, can you repeat that just for uh, posterity? <laughs> yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, <laughs> Are I you can. ready? <laughs> When at first you shake the bottle, first done will come, and then a lotl. Wow. Oh, that's great. Where I, where did you learn that? Have you never heard that? <laughs> that's a classic in my family. Yeah, oh, I've never... Your family's great. Oh, I love them. <laughs> um, so another example um, that actually was researched by NASA is whipped cream. <gasps> no. <laughs> and so... So we can, we'll discuss the minutia about whipped cream being a non-Newtonian fluid in a bit, but they define it here as a shear thinning non-Newtonian fluid, because when you stream it, we're thinking about like a can of whipped cream that has the little aerosol. Yeah. When you stream it out at first, it behaves like a liquid. It, it, it flows out of the bottle and you can form peaks, you can form swirls, but then when you stop that, it forms nice peaks and like it it stays rigid. Mm. And so it that example of a can of whipped cream is kind of a sheer thinning liquid because it comes out as a liquid. It comes out very flowy, very flowy, scientific terms, <laughs> comes out very flowy and then uh, can form these stiff peaks and, and stay rigid. So would like all icings be sheer thinning non-Newtonian fluids then? Yeah, because if you stir... A lot of icings, a lot of like store-bought icings, if you stir them, they become a lot mm-hmm. easier to work with. Yeah. And then you let them sit and they, yeah, they oh my God. solidify. And so yeah, when, you, when you're piping icing for your cakes that you obviously bake. Yes. 
you're working with non-Newtonian fluids. Yes. Oh, yeah. Non-Newtonian fluids. You're creating little peaks of chemistry. A hundred (laughs) percent. Sienna, non-Newtonian fluids are all around us because another sheer thinning liquid is blood. (gasps) That's my domain. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Yes. Yes. So I... Because I didn't want to step on any toes, I did not look into this <laughs> no as way. much. Why not? I would have loved to have heard. Well, because it's, it's complicated because blood is a liquid, but blood also has very complex clotting factors. From what I read, it's a very specific type of blood or like state of blood during clotting. So I didn't want to get into it because the blood clotting pathway is way beyond me. It's a mess even for people who study it, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah. I had to memorize it for an exam once. And honestly, I just memorized like one pathway and then hoped that that would get me through. Because there's like at least 18 different clotting factors. And they all just get cleaved smaller and smaller. I'm making scissors motions with my hands. I digress. Oh, there was something else I was going to ask about. Mm? Oh, I was going to say though. So are there more non-Newtonian fluids? than there are Newtonian fluids. Because I feel like everything now that I think of in my regular life, aside from like literally water, is a non-Newtonian fluid. Like anything where I've like taken water and mixed it to make it slightly more edible is now all of a sudden non-Newtonian and Newton can't even comprehend how icing works. So- And I eat icing (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Newton. Where, what are you doing? <laughs> so this is this is what I... Explain food to me, Newton. This is what I came across. Um, to answer your question, it's kind of... You're kind of right. Basically, Newton's law is super ideal. And we can use it to fit the viscosity of a lot of fluids, most fluids. But, like, mm-hmm. we'll get to a case... Only when you're not hitting them. Well, no... Because like, there's a difference between a, a viscous fluid and a non-Newtonian fluid. A non-Newtonian fluid does not behave linearly with shear force. There's a lot of viscous fluids that behave linearly. Um, but some can exhibit non-Newtonian behavior and then are kind of classified as non-Newtonian. So I'll get to a really good example in a minute. So that's shear thinning. Shear thinning is de- decreasing viscosity with the shear strain. Um, so ketchup. And we established. So ketchup, yeah. Also paint, like paint, you, you brush it and it becomes more liquid and then you put it on a wall and it, it, mm, it doesn't yeah. fall down the wall like a liquid would. Yeah. yeah. I just, <clears throat> yeah, so, I thought that had to do more with like, you mm-hmm. apply paint in such thin layers. I just thought that had to do with, like, because if you have a drop of paint, it will drip down the wall to a certain extent. Yes. There are, so yeah, I should say there's certain paints that are like okay. non-drip paints that are shear thinning non-Newtonian fluids. Um, and the exact way, so unlike shear thickening liquids where we have an idea of the van der Waals forces and stuff, um, we don't really know how shear thinning liquids work. Shear thinning non-Newtonian fluids work. Any po- possibilities? Well, in polymer systems, when we have when we have polymers that are shear thinning, it could be that the polymer bundles um, straighten out and become more shearable, like easier to huh. slide past each other's strands. But that's in specific polymer systems, like ketchup isn't a polymer, technically. Yeah. What is ketchup? We don't really know. It's a suspension. Do you know, what's the chemical chemical composition of ketchup? Delicious. Lots of sugar. Delicious. (laughs) Sugar. Lots of sugar. That's true. All of these things do actually have in common lots of sugar. Like ketchup has lots of sugar. Icing has lots of sugar. Whipped cream, 
I guess doesn't have well whipped cream has a lot of non-conventional sugar and like fats. lactose. It has fats, right? And fats. So big, big yeah, fatty chains. Yeah. Yeah. Fatty and those acids. are very slippery. Is butter a non-Newtonian fluid? Butter must be, because if you squeeze butter through a piping bag, we'll it slips, right? So are we gonna talk we're about gonna butter? We're gonna talk about butter. <laughs> we're gonna talk about butter. I can't believe it's not we'll butter. We'll get to butter in a minute. <laughs> I can't believe it's not Newtonian. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great product. Just it's a line of products, like no name brand. It's like whipped cream. Can't believe it's non-Newtonian cream. Uh, can't believe it's non-Newtonian butter. Yeah. Can't believe it's non-Newtonian ketchup. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is. We have so many money-making plans for the future, and this is only one of them. Yeah. We are going to be so rich. A patent pending. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, so the next, the next uh, topic, the third, is the reopectic non-Newtonian fluids. Can we spell this word? Yes, it's kind of like uh, rheology. Mm-hmm. It's R H E O P E C T I C. Okay. Reopectic. So, is jam going to fall into this? Because I really get a like pectin feeling from this word. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I did not think of that. What um, did you think of? Jam. Reopectic. What was the first thing that came to mind? I thought that's a word I've never seen before. <laughs> Pectic rang a bell, and I feel like it might be pectin that I was thinking of. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely fair. Um, jam does not fall into this category, unfortunately. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, I didn't because reopectic uh, non-Newtonian fluids are just ones where the viscosity increases with shear strain over time. So the more you add mm. shear strain, the thicker or the more viscous the substance becomes. Okay, so this seems like it's irreversible, whereas, like, for the other ones, as soon as you stop applying the stress, then it goes back to being how it was before, but this is yours. Or does it just take longer to reverse? The the reversibility doesn't come into play in any of these cases. So I think they're all reversible. Nothing is permanent in this world. <laughs> so you have to apply a certain amount of pressure for a certain amount of time to make this one behave. You don't have to apply a certain amount of pressure. You just have to apply shear strain or pressure um, over time, and it will thicken over time. There's kind of a blurred line between a rheopectic non-Newtonian fluid and a shear thickening non-Newtonian fluid, but you can think of it like cornstarch and water. You smack it, and it gets solid instantly. Yeah. Um, An example of a rheopectic non-Newtonian fluid, I got two interesting ones. There's... Okay. Printer ink, which I, they just said that. But the interesting ones are... I don't think I've ever seen printer ink in real life. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't think that was... But these two that I think are really interesting is synovial fluid. So synovial fluid is the fluid in most of our joints. And it yeah. usually it's used to reduce the friction between the cartilage when we move. So it's like in our knees. And when we move our knees, it helps our knees do the wobbly thing. But <laughs> under applied pressure, okay. it becomes thicker. And it, it, it protects the joint. So if, if you jump, it actually takes that impact and prevents the two cartilages from smashing together. Mm. But then becomes liquid again to allow movement. And over time, with increased strain, it becomes thicker and thicker. Oh, so the more you jump, the worse your joints get? Well, the, the more viscous the synovial fluid gets, yes. The less bendy and fluidy. Yeah. And a little... A little side tangent I took with this is that synovial fluid is actually part of the reason that people can crack their knuckles, because in certain cases, when you crack your knuckle, it 
expands the joint a little bit, causes a mini vacuum, and the carbon dioxide and oxygen that are dissolved in the synovial fluid turn into gases and pop. And that's what you hear. Ugh. Weird. Yeah. Isn't it cool? So I fell down a bit of a rabbit hole with that about not causing arthritis and cracking your knuckles and listen to an audio clip of someone cracking their knuckles and it was gross. Wasn't there, but... like, there was a long ongoing study of whether or not cracking knuckles causes arthritis, right? And the answer is no. Yeah. It was, it wasn't a, it was a guy that just like cracked knuckles on one hand for his entire life and not the other. Yeah. Incredible man. Visionary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. sir. For oh, I know. Really? I mean, that's not an N of three, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> we should do a whole episode on non-statistically significant research that changed the world. Like the guy that figured <laughs> out that um, was it Heliobacter pylori causes ulcers and nobody believed him. Yeah. He got a Nobel prize for that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, so what's the example? Yeah, second example. So synovial fluid, and then the other example of a reopectic non-Newtonian fluid is whipping cream. No! Now, <gasps> I know. So no. I know I said that whipped cream is a sheer thinning. So before we put all of those air bubbles in it. Yes. It's a liquid, right? If you think about whipping cream, the cream that you whip. Yeah, yeah. It's just thick and delicious. Well, it isn't mm. until you whip it, until you apply a lot of strain, a lot of shear stress over time so you're not i can see i can i can tell you're not buying my my definition here <laughs> i must admit i i'm not buying science's definition of what a newtonian or non-newtonian fluid is anymore well sounds like it's just got air bubbles in it but i don't even get why because you you said the other one's supposed to do with yeah. stress and this i'm using those words strain. interchangeably oh <gasps> And, oh no. Okay. Well, can I can I give you a very quick material science mm-hmm. physics lesson? Yes. Stress is force over area, so it's the amount of force you're putting on something. Strain is the change in length over the original length, so it's the oh. amount that you're stretching. So then, um, can we just stick to stress interchangeably used with pressure for us non-physicists? Because I can picture applying pressure to things, but applying stress is like what you do in grad school. It's not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so so t- to be completely explicit, it is shear strain that we're talking about, but I guess I, I will be using stress and strain and pressure um, interchangeably and hitting. Shear strain, so it's the amount that you're like lengthening. So when you get your two plates and they're moving across each other, it's the difference in length of that fluid now covers compared to like divided by the original length that it was covering yes yes and that's sheer that's sheer stress yes or it's the amount you hit the cornstarch water yeah yes as we as we are talking about it yes i need to keep it simple so can we go back to this whipped cream discussion because my thought of whipped cream was that when you're whipping it, it has nothing to do with the stress you're applying to the cream that it becomes whipped, but actually just the fact that you're incorporating a bunch of tiny air bubbles, like a meringue. And so the proteins are cross-linking around the air bubbles and yes. this causes foop. Foop, okay, yes. Uh, the technical term is foop, I would like to say. Yes. This So, so the whip, whipped cream or whipping cream example visually made sense to me but i also didn't find any concrete supporting evidence that it is a reopectic um non-newtonian fluid 
But I so it's like a picture whipping cream idea, but sure. whipping cream might not be a real example. Yeah, but I also think that like if you over whip cream, it turns into butter, and that's irreversible, right? Once you whip cream yeah. too much, it becomes a it becomes butter, which again we'll get to we'll get to butter in a second. But I cannot wait. <laughs> um, so maybe we'll and but but butter doesn't have air in it though, right? No, no. I didn't get I didn't get that far in my research, so maybe we'll just leave it at that. We're venturing very close to the area of food science, Alistair, which you are supposed to be the expert in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is your area of expertise. I'm no, I'm not the expert in food science. No, I'm not an expert in anything. <laughs> I'm just. You're not yet a doctor. <laughs> not yet a doctor, exactly. So, rheopectic, viscosity increasing with shear stress over time. The final one. Uh, phenomenon the fourth is thixotropic. <laughs> is that spelled uh, T H I C C? Yes, T H I C C. Damn, that non-Newtonian fluid is thixotropic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like. I I wish it was spelled that way. It has an X. It's T H I X O T R O P I C. That was not even how I was picturing it. No. Yeah. I definitely thought it was T H I C K. So yeah, no, Fix. it's like no. Twix. Like it's Twix. a Twix bar, an example of this. N- no, no, a Twix bar is a solid. So thixotropic is where the viscosity decreases with shear strain over time. And so the examples that are given here are cytoplasm and ketchup, but mainly this is exhibited in clays and soils. I know we have ketchup twice. Okay. I'm I'm here. I'm trying to picture cytoplasm now and like what it supposedly does if you apply shear strain over time. And I don't think this is something that's covered in biology. Yeah. yeah. At least not at yeah. like high school level. I stopped studying biology when I was 16. So like. <laughs> I mean, I'm still studying biology and nobody's talked about this. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mean you don't know what cytoplasm does when, it's, when there's stress applied? Apparently people are researching it. So the the main example of a thixotropic non-Newtonian fluid, where we have something becoming more liquid with a little bit of force over time, is uh, some clays and soils. Okay. And the big example that I have here is the um, soil that were involved in the Aberfan disaster in Wales. So this was featured in an episode of the Netflix series The Crown, which I don't think you've seen... Sienna. I never watched The Crown. No. I wouldn't recommend it. It's a great show. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, I've heard mixed reviews, honestly. <laughs> some some say yes, some say no. Yeah, okay. I did watch, I like tried it. to watch the first episode and found it kind of boring, which is why I left it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just don't get why people are interested in it. That's my... I mean, like, I live with it, and I don't get why people are so, like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're British, Beth. I think a lot of, like... Brits don't quite get the monarchy, but maybe that's a topic for another time. That doesn't quite enter into Doctor, Doctor, Doctor. Is the monarchy a non-Newtonian fluid? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yes. Uh, What happens if you apply pressure over time? (laughs) Does it dissolve or does it get stronger? I think they get very rigid. I think that's how they. I think that's how they become so uptight as they are today. Actually. A lot of pressure over time. Got it. Good. So, where you class them as rayo? They're rheopeptic. Yeah, exactly. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're real Patrick non Antonian yeah. The monarchy, real Patrick. Yeah. Great. Yeah. We're answering the real questions here. <laughs> so, Wales, they had clay. So, this is a very, very sad story. But it involves a non-Newtonian fluid, so I wanted to include it. And so um, this disaster was in 1966, and it was in Aberfan in Wales. And there was really, really heavy rainfall in this town. And there was a mine right near the town. So a lot of people in the town worked at this mine. And they had huge piles of um, soil, um, which had become saturated with this rain. And then just because it was so saturated, it became this thixotropic non-Antonian fluid. And just a little bit of movement caused some of it to start to slide down the mountain. And because it was thixotropic, the more it tumbled down the mountain, the more liquid it became. And it actually became this essentially huge tidal wave of soil, um, mining dirt and stuff. Um, And it slid down into the town. And tragically, it killed 116 children and 28 adults. And then when it came to rest, it was a solid again. So it was very difficult to get people out. So would mudslides typically just be classified as thixotropic non-Newtonian fluids? 100% mudslides and landslides are thixotropic. Because um, a certain it, it depends on the soil and it depends on the type of clay or, or what the, the earth is that's moving. But in general... Um, if they're saturated with water, like if they are forming that non-Newtonian fluid, they become a thixotropic non-Newtonian fluid. So, congratulations, you made it to the end of the four main types of non-Newtonian fluids. But wait, Woo! there's more. There's one more. We haven't talked about butter yet. So, and we, I'm so excited. I have been looking forward to this the whole time. So, there is another type of non-Newtonian fluid. It's called a Bingham plastic. and Bingham? A Bingham, yes. That a person who named that? They were named Bingham? Yes. Yes. That's very well done. How did you know that? (laughs) Scientists naming things after themselves? Yeah. Exactly. No way. Wow. Never heard of that before. (laughs) Not Definitely not in this episode either. Yeah. (laughs) A Bingham plastic has a linear relationship with shear strain viscosity. So it's like a liquid. It's like a, a normal Newtonian fluid that if you... If you give it shear stress, it'll it'll move in, in a... It'll linear... respond linearly. Yes, thank you. It'll respond linearly. Got but it. But it requires a certain <laughs> threshold before it will do that. So you have to apply a certain amount of strain before it will become a Newtonian fluid. Hmm. Yeah. So it's a solid until you hit it hard enough. Basically, yes. And examples of this are butter, mayonnaise, and toothpaste. <gasps> Mayonnaise. Yeah, because it can form... So like a normal non-Newtonian fluid, a normal non-Newtonian fluid, if you leave it, will generally form a flat surface, right? It'll... it'll. You think of the cornstarch and water... It's liquid at base state. Exactly. But a Bingham plastic can form peaks and hold those peaks, like a peak of mayonnaise or a peak wait of... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said a minute ago that the, that the whipped cream, what was it? Yes. Whipped cream. What was it called? Did it form peaks? Oh, a whipped cream is a sheer thinning. Oh, sheer yeah. thinning. Yeah, you you said a minute ago that the that the sheer thinning whipped cream also forms peaks. I did, but the no, no. But whipped cream will, if you leave it, if you before you eject it from the container, it will be a 
flat surface liquid kind of thing. It, you can't form peaks with it until it is given the shear strain. Okay. Yeah. So that's the other kind of subset is a Bingham plastic. It's not really a non-Newtonian fluid, but it kind of falls into that. So mayonnaise is classified as a plastic. A type of plastic. Yeah, I guess I guess you could call it a type of plastic. I guess like eggs in general are really weird because they're cells. Well, I guess it's about one big cell. <laughs> eggs are one one cell. Right, but isn't it? Yeah. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, yeah. But they ha- they're very like egg whites have so much protein because you mean you need a lot of protein to make a future animal if that's the way you're going. But if you're instead going towards the way of meringue, then <laughs> by whipping it and creating all these tiny, you get trap all these tiny air bubbles within these like protein structures. Yeah. Essentially, proteins yeah. catch all the air, and they're like, nah, it's mine now. Could have been a chicken, but it's going to be a delicious meringue. <laughs> Let's sidetrack back to uh, Newtonians and non-Newtonians. Yeah, I know. So we've got our four definitions of non-Newtonian fluids, the four different behaviors, right? Shear thickening, shear thinning, rheopectic, and thixotropic. Okay? Now I'm going to ask you a question. What about honey? Oh. Um. What do you think honey is? Is it a non-Newtonian fluid? And if it is, what kind? Well, when you leave it forever, then it kind of crystallizes. Does that enter into it? No, we're not going to talk about crystallization. That's a different thing. I would have assumed honey was just a very viscous Newtonian fluid. Mm-hmm. What do you What do you think, Beth? I mean, I'm wondering if it's... I don't really know. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a bit like treacle. Which I would guess is like along the cornstarch thickening. What was it called? Shear thickening line of things. And so I'm wondering if honey is also shear thickening. I was wondering this too. And so I just googled, is honey a non-Newtonian fluid? And the first thing that came up was an article by Scientific American in 2013. And in the Google, like, here's the best answer thing, it said that... Honey is a non-Newtonian fluid. So I went to the article, and I read the article, and in the article they list honey as a non-Newtonian fluid. Because there was a study done looking at when you draw honey up with like a stick or something, and it forms a long strand. Mm. And if you did that with water or another Newtonian fluid, it would form droplets. Like it would drop off of the spoon or whatever you're pulling it up with. Uh, But honey forms these long strands. So this Scientific American article was quoting a paper that looked into the complex calculations and derivations of wave perturbations within this strand. It's a 2005 paper from Denmark, which was a simulation of these viscous threads. In the introduction of this paper, they mention honey once, uh, and they say, like, viscous fluids like syrup and honey. That's the only time they mention honey. And then in the intro, they go on to say, we should note from the outset that we are confining our attention to Newtonian fluids, for example, syrup or silicone oil. So they, in the paper, they do this whole thing about, like, these threads and how the wave perturbations happen and stuff. But they say, in the outset, we're assuming Newtonian behavior. And nowhere else do they mention Newtonian or non-Newtonian. So I just think that was interesting. So Scientific American has just completely made this up. Yeah, they kind of mis- misread the paper and and kind of... Did you find anything else out about honey? Has anybody else studied honey? Yes. And? 
So, so what I did find that was very interesting was a 2006 review from the Journal of Food Engineering. Oh, I love that. And it looked at the viscosity of six honeys. And they found that shear stress varied linearly with shear rate for all of the samples indicating Newtonian behavior. Oh, wow. Good job, shear honey. Shear stress was also measured at a constant shear rate. Yes. So honey, according to this paper, is a Newtonian behavior. But they also note, they say that there are reports of non-Newtonian behavior in specific honeys. So it actually depends on the honey. And I have a list of all the honeys, but I don't know if you really care to... I mean, I only know of, like, creamed and non-creamed. So what other kinds of honeys are there? What do they mean by types of honey? Oh, you can you can have loads of... Like, you can have different flowers, and you can have, like, different species of bee. Okay, I know. I mean, I know about different flowers, but, like different flowered honey behaves differently yes so okay okay that's so cool so the honeys that they looked at in this review were pine fir thyme orange helanthus and cotton and they all had newtonian behavior i know i don't know where they got them but then the non-newtonian ones that have been reported elsewhere are from heather buckwheat white clover white clover new zealand honey uh Indian carvey honey. Wow. Um, and those all show thixotropic behavior. <laughs> so remember, thixotropic is... Uh, the mudslides. Yeah. Viscosity decreases with strain over time. So those are the ones that you squeeze out of the bottle and they become thinner the more you squeeze them. Yes. Over time, yes. And then, But then there's also sheer thickening honeys. <gasps> and this has been seen in Nigerian honey and several eucalyptus honeys. So if you hit them, they harden. Yes. So honey is like this weird, crazy example where it like exhibits all the non-Newtonian behaviors. So as far as you know, as far as your research has led you, nobody's done like a controlled study to work out whether it's the type of flower that the honey was made from that matters, or whether it was, whether it's the species of bee, or whether it's like random, as far as you know. Well, so... In this review that was quoting other reviews of honeys, they said that the non-Newtonian behavior has been attributed to the presence of colloids of high molecular weight dextrins. So it matters what kind of sugars are in there Mm. and how they're suspended as a colloid. So that is both dependent on probably the tree and the bee, right? Yeah. So there you go. That's a little, little side thing that I found about honey. And I thought it was also interesting that you can't always trust what you read on Google, and you can't always trust what you read from articles that Google recommends. Yeah. So. That was super interesting. Thank you. I didn't know honey was such an exciting subject. I know. I love honey. I'm... I got to look at it differently the next time I use yeah. it. Like, be like, hey there, kind of Newtonian, maybe non-Newtonian. I don't know. I would have to test. My housemate just made hot cross buns and I've been eating them with honey. And mm. just, honestly, they're so great already. And the honey's so great already. And now that I know the science is... Even better. Yeah. So I've... Doubly tasty. Same with same with whipped cream and all of those kinds of things. Yeah. And the butter. Non-Newtonian fluids are delicious. This is what I've learned. The main the main thing <laughs> is that they are delicious. Apparently. Well, one more, one more thing is what's the point? Why do we care about non-Newtonian fluids so much? So we're talking about like... That's what I was about to ask. Oh, great. Look at this. <laughs> you're, you're at the point where you're like, what the heck's the point, Alistair? Let's just... Why do I even care about... Newton or non-Newton. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked. So, 
Um, I kind of touched on a bunch of different fields that this applies to, like mining and earth science and food and agriculture. Um, but one of the really interesting applications of non-Newtonian fluids that's going on right now in the last number of years is um, body armor and uh, protection. Mm. And so there's a company called D3O, which is incorporating non-Newtonian fluids into sportswear, helmets, and pads. And so they have this special proprietary formula that when it has an impact, it becomes very solid, but is very flexible and movable. Wow. And I found, I found an article that in 2006 at the Olympics in Turin, Italy... Beth, that's where you are, right? That's where I am, except not in Turin, but almost. <laughs> Close enough. Um, U.S. and Canadian slalom athletes, so the downhill skiing, wore special padding that was made with this polymer this non-Newtonian polymer, and it allowed them the flexibility and agility to ski down the mountain, but provided protection when they hit against the poles. So it was on, I think, their knees and their elbows and stuff, and as they're skiing down, um, most skiers wear pads, but they're bulky and um, not as flexible. Did they say, did the, did the skiers say anything about how it, how it went for them? Yeah, apparently, according to, I mean, it's according to, like, the company saying that the athletes did this, so, like, maybe take it with a grain of salt, but, like, the athletes loved it, and, like, they used it all the time, and, like, they practiced with it, and they loved it, and it was super flexible, and it was great, yeah. And the company still exists. Um, I couldn't find anything on their website about, like, any stats about their product. It's all just, like, built rugged and, like, athletes using our products, and I'm like, okay, but, like, what is your product? How does it work? But, but they probably have a patent on Maybe it. we'll hear more about it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So, non-Newtonian fluids. The cornstarch and water fun that you thought was just at home, but actually protects skiers. And there's also look into, like, military and police applications for, like, um, bulletproof vests and stuff. Hmm. That's yeah. so cool. That was very interesting. Yeah. So, there you go. That's my... Uh, that's everything I found out. Wow. Yeah, isn't science cool? Science is cool. So, any final uh, final questions or thoughts? What's your favorite non-Newtonian fluid, Alistair? Oh, I honestly, I would have to say honey because it's delicious. It comes from bees. Hashtag save the bees. Um, and it interestingly behaves as a thixotropic, shear thinning and shear thickening non-Newtonian, but also Newtonian fluid. It doesn't fit into our boxes. Yes, I like that answer. What about you, Sienna? Mine probably is still ants. <laughs> because, because to be fair, I think that says a lot about what the composition of a liquid can be and what goes into creating a non-Newtonian liquid, which is actually just like these weird, pretty much like semi-mixes of solids and liquids, right? Like, it's not like... Together, it behaves mm -hmm. as a liquid, but realistically, you've just taken a bunch of solids and just made them really, really small in the liquid, and it's made the liquid really behave quite funny, and also the solid behave funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they both work together to create outcomes, you know? The solid is like, oh, I'm solid when it matters, and then the liquid is like, but I'm liquid when mm -hmm. it matters. And together, <laughs> we are non-Newtonian, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, ants. Answer, answer the right answer. <laughs> Beth, what is your favorite non-Newtonian fluid? Um, honey was a good one, but you've already taken it. Um, uh, syrup is the tastiest. I mean, <laughs> being British, I would go for golden 
first and then maple. I'm sorry, Canadians, but it's just the way that it is. Um... It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that you don't appreciate maple syrup as much as we do. <laughs> but, no, my favorite example, my takeaway is probably going to be whipped cream because I'd never thought of that before. But equally, like, I don't like canned whipped cream. Like, whipped, like, hand whipped cream is much better, so, yeah. Um, I Can I just say that my second favorite is obviously cytoplasm, and mainly because I've never thought about cells in this way. I try and avoid thinking about them in physics terms just because that gets really... <laughs> it's like the least ideal version of physics. It's like, oh, yeah, you know physics where we always think about things in vacuums? Well, now think about it inside a structure full of so many stupidly complex large molecules this is literally yikes <laughs> this is literally why i gave up on both biology and chemistry because there are just way too many variables like it's it's too complicated and you start yeah. having to remember things instead of having to work them out you know what i mean i agree i was saying this the other day to my mom i was like i didn't go into biology because it just gets too complicated too much stuff I was really good at that memory card game as a kid, so that's probably why I went into biology. <laughs> Direct link right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you, you just have to start thinking about cells as atoms or molecules and then how they interact with other cells. And it's just like um, yeah. Yeah. integration, you know? <laughs> sure. You take something that is small and you, you just ignore all of the plus Cs because you don't know what they are. And <laughs> I don't know. You ignore all of the variables. You start thinking about things in terms of bigger units. You know. Exactly. Yeah, I, know, I, I see what you're saying. You just ignore all of the, yeah. You ignore all of the oh. chemistry and physics, honestly. <laughs> if I were to just be honest, you ignore that and you go straight to what's going on in terms of biology. And somehow it works. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're just slogging away looking at Van der Waals interactions so that we can model. <laughs> I'm just sitting here tapping away on my computer, honestly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a nice graph. I like this one. Mm, this one doesn't look so nice. Mm, this one looks like a normal distribution. We'll use that. Um, I, any takeaway messages for our listeners? Um, science is really cool. Shake your ketchup. Yeah. Just got a squeeze bottle. <laughs> When at first you shake the bottle. Okay, what was it? Okay, when it when it first. When at first you shake the bottle, first none'll come, and then a lot'll. When at first you shake the bottle, first first none will come, and then a lot'll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna remember that one. So shake the bottle with the cap yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. Is oh yeah. yes. What I've learned. Yes. Don't take the cap off before shaking. No. And most, I've also, I think the takeaway message is non-Newtonian fluids are delicious. Yeah. Yes. And oh, yes. You make them in the kitchen all the time and eat them all the time. And you just mm. never knew. I want some icing now, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go eat a tub of icing. I'm going to go and eat one of those hot cross buns. Thank you for listening to our episode on non-Newtonian fluids. This has been Not Yet a Doctor, and it's brought to you by Alistair, Sienna, and Beth. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.